Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health, JCH, Grampians Community Health, of course, here for you, your family, and our community. My name is Gareth Oliver, and it's great to be back with another podcast episode to bring you. And it's a really good episode, too. It's, uh, it's one that I think we probably need to be talking about a lot more, and it's with Stephanie Cooper and Shannon Hill from Women's Health Grampians. And we're talking sexual health. Now, I won't tell you too much about it now. Uh, you can listen to the actual experts and Stephanie and Shannon talking about it. But we thought it would, would be good to just see what the state of sexual health is in Western Victoria and uh, maybe some of the barriers that people have to getting to services for their sexual health needs and what that actually means, what sexual health actually is. Because uh, I don't know that uh, it's as widely known as what we probably want it to be. I was a bit in the dark about what the whole thing was as well. I, I didn't know just how much came under that umbrella of sexual health. And I really appreciate Stephanie and Shannon giving me um, a bit of an education. And I hope that uh, anyone listening to this learns something as well. So enough waffling on from me. Uh, I'll uh, I'll get the podcast up and running. This is the Community Is A Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. And we're here for you, your family, and our community. <laughs> I am joined on the Community is a Minute Man podcast this week by Stephanie Cooper and Shannon Hill from Women's Health Grampians. Uh, thank you, Stephanie and Shannon, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We're always happy to talk sexual health, Gareth. Oh, absolutely. And I said to you guys as well when we, we had a bit of a convo a week or so ago um, before you know we, we recorded this and when we were getting set up for, for what we want to talk about that for me, I think there's a bit of a misconception around sexual health, um, and that's something we want to we want to kind of dispel with this podcast, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get into talking sexual health, because there's a lot to talk about, um, Stephanie, I might start with you, and then and then Shannon, um, tell us a little bit about your role at Women's Health Gramps and, and how you got into it. So my official title is health promotion officer for sexual and reproductive health. And I started with Women's Health Grampians about six months ago, um, but previously I've worked as a registered nurse for about 11 years in women's and children's health. And my role at the moment is um, looking at how women in the Grampians and the Wimmera access sexual and reproductive health care, what's working, what's not, where the gaps are, um how how we can improve what's not working and replicate what is around around our, our region. And you, Shannon? I have been at Women's Health Grampians for a little over 10 years. I'm not going to tell you how long, but thinking about sexual and reproductive health has been my, my thing the whole time. And really trying to get planners, decision makers, advocacy, you know, training, how can we support what is happening in the region and, and hope that we can extend it and get more more services on the ground because we can see a real gap in, in perhaps what patients want and what is provided. 
Yeah, and we, we'll talk about that a bit later because I watched the, the webinar that you did, um, which blew my mind really about how little there is in the way of services for people. The further you get from the bigger places like Melbourne's, Geelong's, Ballarat, Bendigo, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit frightening to be honest. Um, but Shannon, I might get you to just, just give us a little quick overview and Stephanie, if you've got anything, please don't hesitate to jump in. Um, just what exactly sexual health is because for most people they probably think sexual health they think STIs which is pr- part of what is probably a, a, a bigger umbrella isn't it? Absolutely so um, I guess we think about the whole suite of services and we hope that whatever people are looking for they can find easily would be the goal um, but we're thinking about those sexual health checks so treatment and testing for STIs but also contraception needs So that can be anything from basic pill to condoms to um, long-acting contraception or um, if you needed it for an unplanned pregnancy, early medical abortion or surgical abortion is part of that suite of overall sexual health services. Yeah, excellent. Um, And like I said, a lot of people probably didn't didn't realise, you know, even things like um, family planning and stuff, I think you mentioned, People wouldn't think of that when it comes to sexual health. So it's, it's great just to have that bit of a base on, on what sexual health actually is. And hopefully we can help educate a few people. Um, Stephanie, do you want to, um, just go through some of the stats that we've seen from some of the LGAs around, uh, what's happening in, in the sexual health space and the access that some people have, especially through the Wimmera Grampians? Yeah, so we know that there are some local government areas where there is not, um, there is not the services on the ground to meet the, the local demand, um, and that people must be going elsewhere to get their care. Um, and we know that that causes, um, a lot of stress for, for people if they're needing to, to travel. There's costs that come from that. Um, maybe you need to organise childcare or take a whole day off work if you're needing to drive an hour or two to get to a bigger city for what you need. Um, so, yeah, there are some areas out, like exactly like you said, the further away from the bigger cities you get, there are some areas where there's not really anyone who will put in an IUD or um, can prescribe an early medical abortion or a surgical abortion so that's what we're we're working to see how we can fill in those gaps and expand the services that are out there to to make it so that people can get what they need locally without having to travel so far. So when you're doing that, Stephanie, is that working in with local uh, actual local governments themselves or local health service providers? It's all of the above. So we speak to local councils, we speak to um, public health networks, we work with the big providers to suppose, put our heads together and see you know, what, what have we got that's out there already. And you know, if, if we've got a clinic model that's working really well in Horsham, for example, could, could that model be replicated in somewhere like Warwick-Neville or St Arnott? Um, because we know that in rural areas there are different challenges to in metro areas and people have you know, slightly different needs around um, how they access their healthcare, especially if, you, you know, if you're living on a big farm and you're only going into town once a week or something, you might be trying to you know, do everything while you're in town. 
and sometimes it's hard to get appointments. So we're looking at, you know, what can we do to, to help people get into clinics earlier? It's, it's a really, uh, diverse role. It's not just all contraception and abortion. We're actually looking at all of the other factors that impact how people access healthcare. Shannon, what do you think the education's like around sexual health, especially in the more rural and remote parts of our state? Sexual and reproductive health or sex ed um, is something that we'd love to see more of. So more capacity building. So helping teachers and parents have those conversations more confidently. So often we find maybe the, the local school nurse or the local women's health nurse might drop into a school and try and fill those gaps. But the ideal scenario would be is that it's a standard part of the curriculum. But um, I would say the Wimmera end um, has not as strong support for that. So we're always looking at opportunities to bring training into the region to help um, improve that situation as well. Honestly, I'm surprised it's not part of the curriculum. I remember doing it when I was at high school and I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that it's, I just thought it was just what you did. It can be quite patchy and, um, and so it is meant to be, if you like, um, a standard part of the curriculum, but schools often find the pressure of what they can fit in. Um, so yeah, so it is, it is patchy. It is sometimes dependent on what teachers are around and their skill set and, and comfortability in delivering it. Um, but always, always room for more, um, and improvements around that, particularly with something like affirmative consent legislation coming into play when there's new things that, that kids need and want to know. Um, it's really good if we can refresh and, and keep our skills current. Um, Stephanie, what's for you? When you've looked at some of the, this, these figures and stats, what's been the biggest takeaway for you around uh, the, the health issues that can affect women who haven't got access to to these sexual health um, services? So I'm, I'm seeing um, some real trends around um, people feeling quite frustrated or disempowered, um, even angry at how difficult it is for them to access things locally and that they, they feel that the system is not uh, very clear at times as to, you know, where do you go, who do you call, what do you do first. Um, so that's something we're constantly sort of working on is how do we uh, streamline things, um, keep keep things simple and and increase that awareness of services like 1800 My Options, which is run by um, Women's Health Victoria and is really like a, a central hub that people can call to get information about where they can go for sexual and reproductive health care. So uh, things like if you have an implant on and you need to get it changed over and you're not sure where to go, you could call 1-800-MY-OPTIONS and they could give you um, some clinics and some numbers to call of places that they know provide those services. Um, and they also provide training and information for clinicians who are wanting to update their skills or expand their skill set. So it's, it's a really um, great resource that's out there, but... Um, we're still trying to increase awareness of it so that people can use it to its its full capacity. Yeah, and it, uh, something like that, like a resource like that, is is so uh, vital for people who don't have that access. They might live 
a long way from the nearest town, for example, like you mentioned before, people on big properties. Um, so, yeah, I think, think if we can help do that with this podcast, I'd be really stoked. Um, Shannon, can you tell us a bit about uh, the... Tell Your Story. What's Tell Your Story all about? Um, Steph's actually the project lead for Tell Your Story, but the thing I guess I would want to get across is that we've got data that tells us maybe twice the amount of patients are seeking services than there are local services provided. So that's across the board for Implanon, for IUD and for early medical abortion. So we need to know if you're going to seek services, what is happening? So Steph was able to come on board and help craft that, that project to, to, to get that um, information, get to the source. What's the story behind the data that we don't understand right now? So I guess Steph can give you more information about what's involved in if you want to tell your story. Absolutely. Steph, give us a deep dive. Sure. So Tell Your Story is a project that's been uh, running for a couple of months now. And what I'm doing is I'm I'm inviting women and people across the Wimmera and the Grampians to tell their story about accessing sexual and reproductive health care, to share their opinions about what's important to them, what they value, um, how they feel about what's currently on offer and what they would like to see change. Um, and there's, it's being run as a survey online. Um, we can share the link with you, Gareth, so that you can share it with your listeners if anyone wants to have a look at it further. But we're, we're already seeing some really interesting themes coming out of the Tell Your Story data that's come through already as, as people have been sharing their experiences. And I think the thing that has really um, struck me so strongly is that women uh, women know what they want and they know what they need, um, and they are often really quite sure about that within themselves, and that there is um, just a gap between what they want and need and, and where they can physically get that care. So. That's what uh, we're hoping Tell Your Story will help is, is to, to pair these stories up with the data that we have so that we can you know, work with the stakeholders and work with clinicians and be a bit creative, put our heads together and, and see you know, how can we fill these gaps. We have people telling us what they want, what they need, you know, what things can we put in place to make that happen, to make it easier for people. So, Steph, this is probably a bit of a vague question for me, but why do you think that gap is there? I think there's probably lots of, of reasons why there are gaps. Um, we know that there's a GP shortage um, across the country um, that makes it, it hard for people to get appointments. That was one thing that we're seeing a lot of people saying, I can get an appointment with a GP, but it's going to be a three or four week wait to get one or um, I can't get an appointment with a GP in my town. They're not taking new patients and the next town over aren't taking patients from out of town. So it might be that people are having to travel for quite a few towns to see a GP. Um, so it's it's not a simple answer, unfortunately, because if it was, we would have, well, Shannon probably would have fixed all the problems years <laughs> and years ago and I wouldn't have a job, but it's, it's a multifactorial 
issue. And it's not all just about sexual and reproductive health. It's about healthcare more, more broadly and how that's delivered. And, you know, I think society is changing so quickly as we have, you know, the internet and different types of technology. And, you know, maybe we're not using that to its full capacity when it comes to things like telehealth. You know, that is a, an area that was really opened up with COVID. And, you know, maybe we can look at exploring that further and push it to its, you know, it's a greater and greater extent. And, and that might be a good way to get coverage to people that are in more remote areas. It's, um, there's, there's so many things that, you know, could be done and it might be a bit of trial and error, but, you know, we're committed to making sure something, something happens and that, you know, we still keep getting a little bit of progress. Yeah. I think what you said about the GP stuff. Uh, really will resonate with people who live in, in this part of the world. So um, as we're talking today, I'm sitting here in Ararat and uh, I'm, I'm an Ararat local. I'm from here originally. Um, but I, I know that to go to the, the local doctors is that three to four week wait, like you said, and a lot of people are having to go to places like Ballarat to get treated. And for some people who may not have the ability to get to Ballarat or may not be able to afford to get to Ballarat to see the GP, for whatever reason, sexual health or, or otherwise, it's it's a real barrier, especially for people from lower socioeconomic uh, backgrounds. That's just what I'm observing anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's I think the cost of living is is really impacting how people access healthcare at the moment, and you know perhaps people are are putting off things that they wouldn't have put off before when things were a bit easier. So, um, you know, I'd really encourage people that if you if you're needing a new script for your contraception and you know it's a, a long wait to get into the GP, make your appointment two, three months in advance just so you know you've got it. Um, but, yeah, we will be continuing to see anything that can be done to attract more GPs into the area. And that's where we're working with other, um, you know, it's it's not just Shannon and I in the office solving all of the problems across the region. We're working with, with you know, Department of Health and all different stakeholders to see what can be done. Yeah, and I'm sure that you and Shannon could put your heads together and solve most of the problems across the across the regions. That would be fantastic. Um, Shannon, Stephanie mentioned 1-800-MY-OPTIONS earlier. Can you tell us a little bit more about what 1-800-MY-OPTIONS is? Uh, add on to what Stephanie mentioned earlier. Absolutely. 1-800-MY-OPTIONS is one of my favourite developments in sexual and reproductive health because we've got dots on a map all across Victoria with the services registered. So they could be from anything from the pharmacy providing emergency contraception to GPs providing cervical screening or, um, or STI checks right through to those listings around um, abortion, surgical abortion, medical abortion. So super helpful to have that map. Um, the team that supports that do an amazing job. So if you need to ring them and find service options, um, you can ring them and they can help you navigate what's going to be the closest or best or most suitable option for you. And that can be whether you're a GP or a nurse or a health provider or, or someone helping a, a patient or client. Um, anyone can call 1-800-MY-OPTIONS. And there's a lot of gaps in our region, Gareth, as we described. So if you are a provider of services, we would love to see your service listed on 1-800-MY-OPTIONS. 
Um, Stephanie, if someone came to Women's Health Grampians, they rocked up at the office there in Ballarat, and and I want to speak to you about uh, something under this sexual health banner. What would your advice be to to them if they they may be struggling, they may not have a phone, for example, and might one hundred my options might not be an option for them. So if someone didn't have a phone and they weren't able to call 1-800-MY-OPTIONS, um, see, my, my nurse hat has gone on here and I just want, want, want to solve all problems in a different way. But if I'm thinking with my health promotion hat on, um, there is there there are things out there for people. It's just sometimes they're not always easy to find and I would really encourage people to to make use of whatever resources are available to them in their communities so um, 1-800-MY-OPTIONS is not just a phone service it's also online and if you have access to a a public library or something like that um, you know you can access it through a public computer but if someone we don't really run a clinical service at women's health grampians so we don't have too many people um turn up but 1-800 my options would be my first port of call on behalf of that person that would be you know what i would be helping that person to do is access 1-800 my options and take it from there because they are the gurus they know all the ins and outs of of what's available and where it's available, and they would be the people that could help us point that person in the right direction. I think in, in Ballarat, you know, you've got um, your, your community health, you know, your sexual health hub there. So we'd be trying to get them in touch with, you know, what's our local public health option. Um, so even, you know, for you, Gareth, in store with your women's health nurse, um, you know, those kind of people are going to try and help you connect to the right service your normal gp stuff um, will also help and we'll be trying to put 1800 my options in front of as many people as possible so if you find yourself with a social worker or maybe with headspace um, that, that that those people know too and can and can connect you in to the right place yeah you've got to spread the word don't we yeah yeah absolutely um i know uh steph that the cold action will be going for a little while yet. And I think when I was talking to yourself and Shannon last week that um, you might have results probably for a few months, but um, you know, uh, what, what are some of the, and obviously you don't have to go into details because it's, it's all confidential, but what are some of the, um, some of the things that you've seen come up already from the, the call to action? So from, from the tell your story um, data, it's it is definitely helping us to decide where our priorities will be as far as how we advocate for the women in our region and you know what what areas we should be focusing on uh because we know that women are experts in their own lives and that is why it was so important for us to consult with people in the region uh because there's nothing more frustrating than designing a service for people without consulting the people who are going to be using the service. Um, and I can't really release any of the the percentages or anything like that, but I can say that once all of that, um, once I've, I've processed all of that data and um, worked out what, what sort of our priorities are going to be, 
going forward, we would love to come back and tell you all about the results of the, the survey um, and also tell your listeners about you know where they can learn more about their results and hopefully go on a bit of a road trip through all of our local government areas and, and speak to some clinicians and speak to sexual health nurses and women's clinics and and anyone who stands still long enough to listen really I could talk about <laughs> sexual and reproductive health to anyone so yeah 2024 I think we will be enjoying the beautiful weather and the, the beautiful environment across the Grampians and the Wimmera and hopefully visiting quite a few places to to tell the stories and coming back on the Community as a Middle Name podcast, absolutely we'll have you back to talk about this because I'm actually quite intrigued as well to to find out, um, you know, being a, a member of the local communities and also I know that it, it shouldn't really matter, but being a father of, of two daughters, hoping that they will have options in the in the future that, you know, perhaps older family members might not have had. So I'm really keen to find out what's what what you find out really from from all this. Um I reckon we could we could easily do a whole series on sexual health, Stephanie, and especially if you could talk about it for forever. Unfortunately, we we can't do <laughs> do that all in one hit. But um, I will get uh, get you both, and I'll start with you, Shannon. Um, just to just to get out there, um, anything that we might have missed, or anything that you would like people to to know, um, or even how to to get hold of um, of Women's Health Grampians or any other um, great resources that might be out there. Absolutely. So I guess our vision, our vision is that we want services when and where people need them and that we want people to have the information so that they have enough information to be able to make choices and understand the options that are available to them. So that's our mission. And if you want to find out more about that, um, it's women's health whg.org.au. We'll get to you to our website. Um, and that'll also have a link to tell your story and 1-800-MY-OPTIONS and other bits in there. Um, I think if you're a community member, we'd love you to talk and think about sexual and reproductive health. If you think that there's a way that we can be active in your community, we'd love to know. If you're a provider, um, we'd love to talk to you about what support you think you need. You know, do you need training? Do you need more connection to other providers? Um, so lots of different levels of being able to get involved um, in sexual and reproductive health. Stephanie, you got any final final messages for the people out there? I think my final message to people out there would be that uh, can you remember the last time you had a cervical screening done? And if it hasn't been in the last sort of two to five years, you're probably due for another one. And that there are now is the option to do a self collection for your cervical screening, which a lot of people have already reported back is uh, a lot less stressful than having it collected by a healthcare professional. So even though it can be really tricky to get into a GP, I really encourage you to make that appointment and to talk to the clinic about the option of self-collection if that's more comfortable for you, because we know that screening saves lives and that uh, cancer found early is a lot more treatable than cancer found late. So if everyone can can try and stay on top of those sort of screening options, uh, that would be really good for the the women and the people in, in our communities. And I will give GCH a plug. We do uh, run cervical screening every Thursday in stall. And there is the um, 
the option to go and pick up the self-screening stuff too if you give us a call, 5358-7400, and ask to speak to our uh, community nurses and they can help out. So uh, it is available for people in our region and a, a good thing for, I think, everyone, Stephanie, to, to remember to get screened for all the various types of types of cancer, unfortunately, that are out and about. Um, yeah, and you're it's pretty lucky to have some amazing nurses. You've got some of our favourite nurses sitting in your in your bit in the middle there, so definitely go and chat to them. They're, they're good, except they're very hard to get on the podcast. That's the only thing. <laughs> Shannon, try, a, a bit shy. Trying to get Crystal, trying to get Crystal to come on here. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they've got far more important things to do than talk to me. I'm, I'm way down the list. Um, thank you so much, both of you, for coming on and having a chat. We absolutely will get you back on. Uh, when you've got the results from the survey, I'm, I'm really intrigued to find out uh, what the results are. Like I said, I watched the webinar, um, which, by the way, is that on YouTube for people to, to watch? It is, yeah. yeah. So um, if you search Women's Health Grampians on YouTube, you'll find our channel and it will be there. It's about uh, 30 minutes and it goes through a lot of the details of Tell Your Story and a bit more about 1-800-MY-OPTIONS as well. Yeah, it was it was a, a bit of an eye opener for me to to sit and watch actually um, before we before we did this. So um, well done on on that to to you both. And Women's Health Grants puts out some fantastic stuff on their um, social media as well. So follow Women's Health Grampians on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and I think you're still on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. <laughs> I don't think so. No, just most, mostly face, Facebook and, and Instagram. I'm trying to get Shannon to do dances on TikTok, but she she won't. Never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason we don't have a TikTok. Is no one wants to see me dance. Um, we are on Snapchat, though, GCH, if you wanted to follow us on there. Um, like I said, thank you so much for, for joining me and uh, and being part of the Community as a Middle Name podcast. Thank no you worries. So Anytime. Thanks for having us. Thank you once again, Stephanie Cooper and Shannon Hill from Women's Health Grampians for coming on and having a talk about uh, sexual health in Western Victoria. And we will get uh, Stephanie and Shannon back onto the podcast once we've got a bit more data around uh, what's happening in our world from their call to action. And I will put a link to their call to action survey in the show notes. There'll also be a link to 1-800-MY-OPTIONS, which you heard Stephanie and Shannon mention a few times in the podcast um, and don't forget to uh, check out the Women's Health Grampians website and also follow them on socials and speaking of socials you can follow Grampians Community Health on the socials we're on Facebook facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health we're also on Instagram and Snapchat at GCH Grampians is our handle on both of those so give us a follow or give us a like on all of those platforms it would be fantastic uh, you can also find out a bit more about GCH by going to our website, which is gch.org.au. There you can find out just how large an area we cover, which is the West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire, Bull Oak Shire, Northern Grampian Shire, Horsham Rural City, Southern Grampian Shire, Our Rural City, Pyrenees Shire and Central Goldfield Shire. So from Central Victoria, right across to the South Australian border, right up into the Wimmera Mallee down to the Southern Grampians. It's a massive, massive uh, area that we cover. Services you can get at GCH, some of the services anyway, include uh, alcohol and drug support, carer support, 
and counseling, including generalist counseling, uh, NDIS services, including uh, NDIS support coordination and plan management, uh, services for older people, including home care package, case management and domestic supports, uh, family violence services, as I, I'm not sure if I mentioned, and much, much more, of course, mental health services too. Go to that website I mentioned before, gch.org.au. That has all of our services available on there. Or if not, if you can't find something on the website that you might be looking for, give us a call Monday to Friday on 53587400 or come visit us in uh, Stall, Horsham and Ararat. That's our three main sites. This podcast is available uh, anywhere good good podcasts are found, including on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening there, um, if you'd like to write us a review and uh, let people know about the podcast, it does actually help people find the podcast. If it's got a, the more reviews, the better. People can then find it, especially if they're good reviews. So please leave me a good review. That'll be lovely. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, the intro and outro music here, of course, is a composition performed by Mr. Andrew Parsons, and we use that with his permission and give him his thanks. Uh, this podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabberung people, and we pay respects to elders past, present, and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Indigenous peoples across this great country of ours. There it is, the Community is a Middle Name podcast, done for another episode. Uh, I'll be back very soon with yet another episode. Keep an eye on our feed. There may be some GCH Green stuff coming. May have some news next time uh, I speak to you around uh, our Community is Able podcast as well. Uh, but we'll, we'll see about that. I'll, uh, I'll have to speak to Letitia and see what's happening there. But until then, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and... Uh, I hope uh, anyone who has a story to tell, don't forget it's completely confidential, to uh, go to that uh, call to action survey link that will be in the show notes for Women's Health Grampians. My name is Gareth Olver. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. On behalf of everyone here at Grampians Community Health, who are here for you, your family, and our community. Until next time, so long. <laughs>